the same thing. I meant to call her like a fucking like a like a B side Harry Potter villain. Is basically what I was trying to say. The male Hagrid. Exactly. <laughs> or like Umbridge, I guess. Alex Jones says she's not bad. He wants to put her brain in the body of a Fox reporter, though. Oh, hello everyone, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Literally, Literally Literary. Literary. With us as always, Mr. Sean Fabernet. I am Joey Bonnier, and here he is, ready for another round, Sean O'Brien. I am terribly drunk. This is fantastic. Uh-huh. Why? Like because it's like because it was late day. June. In your mind. They drink a lot of bass. I didn't have any bass last episode. I'm really sad, actually. I think we should do more of those. I think we're going to. We're just talking about Ulysses. Yeah, I am. We're just going to. Oh, my God. I'm going to reorder it. It's fine. And before before we started rolling, we were talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders because it's like May right now. Yeah. It may or may not be May. How do you you like the way my sausage looks? Jesus Christ. Anyway. It's cut. What did we get for food? You got a resurrection. Boner, what did we get for food? Uh, I ordered from this steakhouse. I got a steak sandwich. Uh, a Philadelphia steak sandwich? That's correct. It's, it is from the city of Do you think it's better Love. than a cheesy beef? I think that's clear. Okay. No, you guys are fucked. Sean Fa, what did you get? Kebabs. Kebabs? Kebabs. Kebabs. Were, that, were those better than... Um... Okay, wait. We, we talked about this briefly. Jesus. Our kebabs. When they serve you the kebabs mm-hmm. off the skewer, mm-hmm. is it still a kebab? Um, yes. Yeah, because it was cooked on the skewer. I think that's stupid. I, a, I don't think this is a smart way to go about things. Mm-hmm. So a popsicle in your hand is just ice? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. But yeah, by definition. No, not by definition. Yeah, by definition. There's, there's other shit in there. Ice, ice, ice is frozen water. Well, yeah, but if you just put... Okay, well, but then by that logic, if you put flavor in ice the and corn ice... Syrup, yeah. Yeah, like if you put that... Yeah. yeah. Is that, does that become a popsicle, even though there's no sickle to pop it? If it's frozen. That's what she said. Yeah. Anyway, I have books. Yeah. Sean Fa. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what's happening today? Yeah. There's like a whole thing, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you are taking over this up. Oh, by the way, friends, remember to follow us at Politinkering on Twitter, mm. and if you get a chance, rate us on iTunes, since your job. you guys literally, literally love us. So, um, you know, rate us and tell us how much so. Tell a friend. Tell all of your friends and head over to World Wide Web, Sean, com. I don't know how things work. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and give us money. Um, here Patreon we are. Forecast. This, I guess, yeah. is going to be a several part. Of, this is the opening of a long thing, which is weird that we're doing it on Literally Literary. May or not. May None not of be. you people we'll are going to listen to this and nobody cares. We'll but oh, I think geez. it's important. Wow. Oh, I'm after, sorry. That after, was rude. After Ulysses, fucking, yeah, anything is fucking bad. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be rude. I deeply apologize. I really didn't mean it to come off as rude, but you're right. It probably was terribly rude. Smartness Shut comes off. natural to you. What's going yeah. on, brother? Yeah, What's go- Does it really come Thanks. naturally? Thanks. <laughs> Am I really that smug? Especially when you do that voice. Yeah, keep the octave a little bit down. Maybe <laughs> oh. we can reconsider. Uh, it's, just, it's the same as any other episode. You got books in front of you. What Fair are they? enough. I don't have books in front of me. Why yet. not? Well, I'm going to put them up there now. Oh my God, do your job. Yay. Oh my God. Jesus fucking Christ. They're yeah. happy. So I have, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching this for the first time as we stand. Um, <laughs> like a virgin. Hey. I have uh, D&D, 
on the top in red, sort of a, there's a D and then an ampersand with little like dragon tails creating the end of it. And Blood D, red. player's handbook. D&D stands for Dungeons and Dragons. Do you notice anything about the ampersand? Uh, I just mentioned there's a dragon tail to it. Uh, well, it's a, uh, an aurora borealis. Which means an Ouroboros? Yeah. The dragon's eating its own tail. No, it's no, it's not. Yeah. It's firing. It's firing. It, it's spitting fire out of it. Yeah, same difference. No, it is <laughs> by definition not. <laughs> Unless it was like eating its own fire, which uh, is not. It's, it's a bad drawing. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the bottom it says everything a player needs to create heroic characters for the world's greatest role-playing game. The great, the world's greatest role-playing game. On the back, yeah, it says, uh, arm yourself handbook. for adventures. It says, the player's handbook is the essential reference for every Dungeons & Dragons role-player. It contains rules for character creation and advancement, backgrounds and skills, exploration and combat, equipment, spells, and much more. Use this book to create exciting characters from among the most iconic D&D races and classes. That's racist. Dungeons & Dragons immerses you in a world of adventure. Explore ancient ruins and deadly, deadly dungeons. Battle monsters with searching for legendary, while searching for legendary treasures. Gain experience and power as you trek across uncharted lands with your companions. The world needs heroes. Will you answer the call? God damn it, I'm so excited to escape into this. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited for this. So, my literally literary friends... We are going to play Dungeons and Dragons over at Politinkering. I don't know how it's going to play or what's going to go down, but that's what we have. So I have uh, one, two, three, four. I have three large books, which mm -hmm. all have Dungeon Master guides. Oh, no, finally, we have... Um, so the first one is called the mm -hmm. Player's Handbook. Mm -hmm. Afterwards is the Dungeon Master Guide. Mm -hmm. And I have the, the Monster Manual, which I presume explains uh, the menagerie of deadly monsters for the world's greatest role-playing game. Mm -hmm. I love how they, they hit that and so they, I'm the world's greatest, greatest role-playing game. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever had a better role-playing game than me. <laughs> finally, I have a Horde of the Dragon Queen, mm -hmm. which sounds fantastic. And then at the very bottom, I have... Dungeon Masters screen. Yeah, that's not really a book. That's just something I didn't mean to put in that pile. <laughs> this will be evacuated from said pile. I don't if you don't think it's necessary. Well, well we might uh, venture. Uh, it's over yonder. Yeah, I can yeah, grab it if need yeah. be. Yonder so, Mr. Fott, uh, help us out, bud. Mm -hmm. Before the food gets here, tell yeah. us what's going on. Um, well, I just wanted to uh, at least get you guys uh, intro to the concept. Uh, I, I didn't realize you were uh, committing to a lifelong adventure already. but uh, I would love to. Uh, well, the, uh, the best way to start is to uh, dig into the player's handbook. Okay. So, first off, we have the, the four books that are currently on the table. We have the player's handbook, the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster's Manual, and the, the Horde of the Dragon Queen. Now, uh, basically, the way this works is every player should at least get a copy of the player's handbook. Um, you can certainly download free versions from their website. It's just a slightly abridged version, but it has all the rules. So it is technically a free-to-play game, which is something that a lot of gamers bitched about for a while. But other than that, we also have the Dungeon Master's Guide, which is a book that, or a PDF if you want to download That's it. That's my guide. That Well, that is the guide for, obviously, the Dungeon Master. That's me. So you don't need the... Uh, um, 
I say Dungeon Master, you would need the Player's Handbook and the Dungeon Master's Guide, but you don't need the Dungeon Master Guide if you're just a player. Uh, that same goes for the Monster Manual, which is basically just an extrapolation of more monsters than are found in the Dungeon Master's Guide. And then the last book in this series that we have here is The Horde of the Dragon Queen, which is the first uh, written adventure for the 5th edition series of books, which we are currently looking at. Uh, I have 4th edition on my shelf, but... Uh, I figured we would start with the the newest edition and make things the the easiest. So I would say just uh, flip on open to that book, and uh, the first uh, sort of entry gives us a little bit of uh, uh, an idea of what we're dealing with here. So Sean directed me to open up the player's handbook, which opens up with this kind of blue character um, after a, a nice sweeping cross of his right arm. Um, ha- seems to have decapitated, I guess. Oh, this is probably the first book we've done with pictures on this show. <laughs> yeah, a weird troll-like character with his his uh, his his tiny knives, um, kind of cascading out of his <laughs> forearms. Um, he's got two arms. He's talking about the forearm, though. <laughs> no, he has several. Whatever. Yeah. He has several arms. It looks like. Ooh, contents and credits and all this shit. Okay. Um. Introduction, I guess. Or preface, uh, maybe? Yeah, let's check the preface. It's been a while since I looked at it. As far as the Dungeons and Dragons uh, are concerned, just all the Gary Gygax stuff? <sighs> Once upon a time, long, long ago, in a realm called the Midwestern United States, what, what? specifically the states of Minnesota and Wisconsin, a group of friends gathered together to forever after the, to forget, forever alter the world of gaming. It wasn't their intent to do so. They were tired of merely reading tales about worlds of magic, monsters, and adventure. They wanted to play in those worlds rather than observe them. They went on to revolution. That they went. Um, sorry. Jesus. That they went on to invent Dungeons and Dragons, and thereby ignite a revolution in gaming that continues to this day. Speaks to two things. First, it speaks to their. Their ingenuity and genius in figuring out that games were the perfect way to explore worlds that could not otherwise exist. Almost every modern game, whether played on a digital device or a tabletop, owes some debt to Dungeons & Dragons. Secondly, it is a testament to the inherent appeal of the game they created. Dungeons & Dragons sparked a thriving global phenomenon. It is the first role-playing game, and it remains one of the best of its breed. To play D&D and play it well, you don't need to read all the rules, memorize every detail of the game, or master the fine art of rolling funny-looking dice. None of those things have any bearing on what's best about the game. What you need are two things. The first being friends, with whom you can share the game. Playing, playing games with your friends is a lot of fun. That is the ultimate crux of the game, unfortunately. D&D, <laughs> the, D&D the downfall. does something... <laughs> More than it entered, more than entered, than entertain. Playing D D and D is an exercise in collaborative creation. You and your friends create epic stories filled with tension and memorable drama. You create silly in jokes that make you laugh years later. The dice will be cruel to you, but you will soldier on. Your coll- collective create sorry, creativity will build your stories that you will tell again and again, ranging from the utterly absurd to the stuff of legend. If you don't have friends interested in playing, <laughs> don't worry. There's a special alchemy that takes place around D&D table that nothing else can match. Playing a game with someone enough and 
uh, the two of you play the game enough and two of you are likely to end up friends. It's a cool side effect of the game. Your next gaming... Okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the second thing you need is a lively imagination, or, more importantly, the willingness to use whatever imagination you have. You don't need to be a master storyteller or a brilliant artist. You just need to aspire to create. You have the courage of someone who is willing to build something, share it with others. Uh, go forth now. Read the rules of the game and the story of its worlds, but always remember that you are the one who brings them to life. They are nothing without the spark of life that you give them. So should Doesn't we that just to... fill you with adventuring spirit? The pr- uh, <laughs> yeah, we should uh, probably uh, continue with just a little bit more of part one there, and then I'll take you through some of the other stuff. Jump to part one, you said? Uh, no, like just continue one? where you left off there. Introduction? Yeah, the introduction. Okay, cool. Introduction. The Dungeons & Dragons role-playing game is about storytelling in worlds of swords and sorcery. It shares elements with childhood games of make-believe. Like those games, D&D is driven by imagination. It's about picturing the towering castle beneath the, story night sky, the stormy night sky and imagining how a fantasy adventurer might react to the challenges that scene, that scene presents. This is Dungeon Master DM. So what's DM? Uh, the Dungeon Master. Oh. <laughs> that should be in brackets, not parentheses. Damn. Wow. I will, uh, I will submit my f- complaint forthwith. Dungeon Master. Um, so just so the audience is aware, this is written like rather like a textbook from here on out. Yeah, so, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of a, a uh, little sub-paragraph that is referring to the Dungeon It's in Master. slightly different coding, too. It's yeah. like, a, like a slightly, uh, a, a whiter shade of pale, if you Ooh. were. If you will. Will you, Joey? Sure. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Joey. After passing through the craggy peaks, the road takes a sudden turn to the east, and Castle Ravenloft towers before you. Crumbling towers of stone keep a silent watch over the approach. They look like abandoned guardhouses. Beyond these, a wide chasm gapes, disappearing into the, de- into the deep fog below. A lower drawbridge spans the chasm, leading to an arched entrance to the castle courtyard. The chains of the drawbridge creak in the wind, their rust-eaten iron staining, or straining with the weight. From up top, the high, strong walls, stone gargoyles stare at you from hollow sockets and grin hideously. A rotting wooden port- uh, portillus, green with growth, hangs in the early tunnel, in the entry tunnel. Beyond this, the main doors of Castle Ravenloft stand open, a rich, warm light spilling into the courtyard. Philip, playing Gareth. I want to look at the gargoyles. I have a feeling. Not just statues. Amy, playing Riva. The drawbridge looks precarious. I want to see how sturdy it is. Do I think I can cross it? Or is it going to collapse under our weight? Unlike a game of make-believe, D&D gives structure to the stories, a way of determining the consequences of a role of, of, of adventure's actions. Players roll dice to resolve whether their attacks hit or miss, or whether their adventures can scale a cliff, roll away from the strike, or a magical lightning bolt. Or pull off some dangerous task. Anything is possible, but the dice make uh, make some outcomes more probable than others. Dungeon Master. Okay, one at a time. Philip, you're looking at the gargoyles? Yes. Is there any hints that there might be creatures and not decorations? DM. Make an intelligence check. Make an intelligence check. 
Does my investigation skill apply? Sure. Philip rolls a 20-sided die. Ugh! Seven! DM. They look like decorations to you. And Amy, Reva is checking out the drawbridge. In the Dungeons & Dragons game, each player creates an adventurer, also called a character, and teams up with other adventurers, played by friends. Working together, the group might explore a dark dungeon, a ruined city, a haunted castle, lost temple deep in the the jungle, or a lava-filled cavern beneath a mysterious mountain. The adventurers can solve puzzles, talk with other characters, battle fantastic monsters, and discover fabulous magic items and other treasure. One player, however, takes on the role of the dungeon master, master. Uh, the game's lead storyteller and referee. The dungeon master creates adventures for the characters who navigate its hazards and decide which paths to explore. The DM might might describe the entrance to Castle Ravenloft, and players might decide they want their adventures to, and players might decide what they they want their adventures to do. They will walk across a dangerously weathered drawbridge, tie themselves together with a rope to minimize the chance of someone who will fall on the drawbridge. Gives a uh, sorry. Tie themselves together with a rope to minimize the chance that someone will fall if the drawbridge gives way, or cast a spell to carry them over the chasm. Then, the DM determines the results of the adventurer's actions and narrates what they might experience, because the DM can improvise to react to anything the players attempt. D&D is infinitely flexible, and each adventure can be excited and unexpected. The game has no real end. When one story or quest wraps up, another one can begin, creating, creating an ongoing story called a campaign. Many players who play the game keep their campaigns going for months or years, meeting with their friends every week to pick up the story where it left off. The adventure grows as it might uh it, the adventure gr- the adventurers grow in might as the campaign continues. Each monster defeated, each adventure completed, and each treasure recovered not only adds the continuing adds the continuing story but also earns the adventurers new capabilities. This increases its power in uh, this, this, this increase in power is reflected in the adventurer's level. There's really no winning or losing in Dungeons and Dragons, at least not in the way those terms are usually understood. Blah, blah, blah. We all, we all win. <laughs> World of Adventure, using this book, how yeah. to play, game dice, D&D, take us yeah. through the rest. So uh, a lot of the rest of the, the, there's like a little bit more of the chapter that you're looking at of uh, just rules, uh, kind of general, like the the idea of gameplay. Um, but then the vast majority of the rest of the book is about actually designing your character. Okay. So you don't necessarily need to read the entire book. You just kind of need to uh, figure out the character you want and use the, uh, the races and classes there in and then you know the uh, i think the last like third or of the book is just spells so uh take a look over at the races um if you actually if you want to turn to the table of contents uh we should be able to see the list of races um so yeah character races there so we Do you have want to read this nope okay <laughs> uh, so we have the different races that are available currently and in this edition of 5th edition would be Dwarf, Elf, Halfling, Human, Dragonborn, Gnome, Half-Elf, Elf, Half-Orc, and Tiefling. So, uh, of those, which do you think uh, you would like to know a little bit about? Uh, where did you read that? Chapter 3? Yeah. Chapter 2, sorry. Yeah, these guys. Uh, dwarf, Elf, Halfling, Human, Dragonborn, Gnome... Half elf, half orc, or trifling. Uh, Mr. Bonner, why don't you tell us? What would you. So we have elf, halfling, human. <laughs> uh, let's check out the elves. The elves? Starting at the beginning. 
All right, so we're looking at the elf. Should be page numbers, right? 21, yeah. Right on. I got you. I got you. That's, I that's got how you. tables work. No, they're, they're, those are things you put things on. Okay. So in each of these descriptions here, the first uh, little section there under Elf is going to be going, uh, just gives you, I think it's like an excerpt from some other random book that just kind of gives you like the flavor of what an Elf description might be. But then the second one talks more about like the, the textbook style of what the Elf would be. Uh, so you can give us a little bit of that flavor text. Okay. Um, elf. I have never imagined such beauty existed. Gold Moon said softly. The day's march had been difficult, but the reward at the end was beyond their dreams. The companions stood on a high cliff over the fabled city of Quillenloft. Four slender spires rose from the city's corners in glistening spires, their brilliant white stones marbled with shining silver, graceful arches swooping from spire to spire, soared through the air. Crafted by ancient dwarfs, metal, dwarven middlesmiths, they were strong enough to hold the weight of an army, yet they appeared so delicate that a bird lighting on them might overthrow the balance. These glistening arches were the city's only boundaries. There was no wall around Quellenost. The elven city opened its arms lovingly to the wilderness. It's from Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, Dragons of Autumn Twilight. Yeah. So then uh, go ahead and uh, dig into that, that next section there, just a little bit of like actual description. So it of explains what elf, that yeah. elves are magical people of otherworldly grace, living in the world, but not entirely part of it. They live in places of ethereal beauty in the midst of ancient forests or in the silvery spires glittering with fairy light, where soft music drifts through the air and gentle fragrances waft on the breeze. Elves love nature and magic, art and mystery, music and poetry and the good things of the world. That's the basis. So it's a slender and graceful, then a timeless perspective, explains uh, their hidden wooden realms, goes on to uh, the exploration and adventure, some little elements of that. Um, then we have elf names. We have like child names like Ara, Bryn, Del, Ern, Fane, and all in alphabetic order. Then we have male adult names like uh, Analis, Arden, uh, Palis, Perrin, Varus. Um, there's a little green section that says haughty but gracious. Reads, although they can be haughty, elves are generally gracious, even though those who fall short of their high expectation, which is most non-elves. Uh, still, they can find good in just about anyone. Dwarves. Dwarves are dull, clumsy oafs, but what they lack in humor, sophistication, and manners, they make up in valor. And I must admit, their best smiths produce art that approaches elven quality. Then we have halflings, so yeah, their perception was, on halflings yeah. are halflings are people of simple pleasures, and that is not quality to scorn. They're good folk. They care for each other and tend to their gardens, and they have proven themselves together. Then um, they've proven themselves tougher than they seem when they need uh, when the need arises. Finally, their description of humans is all that haste, their ambition and drive to accomplish something before their brief lives pass away. Human endeavors seem so futile sometimes, but then you look at what they have accomplished and you have to appreciate their achievements. If only they could slow down and learn some refinement. So those descriptions are how they see these other races. Yeah. Um, 
dark elf draw so they have apparently there's evil elves and shit like that I mean, yeah there's so. like every race has like a sub race so like you know there were factions of each and like some divided off and became like uh you know under class or uh, i should say underworld dwellers so you know there's like uh in uh darker elves and then the tree elves so whatnot. they're saying half elf mm-hmm. what, what would half elf be uh check it out okay <laughs> i could answer it or we can look on page 38, it reads that a half-elf, a burr, 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 burr. <laughs> the flowery says, Flint squinted into the setting sun. He thought he saw a figure of a man striding up the path. Standing, Flint drew back into the shadow of a tall pine to see better. The man's walk was marked by an easy grace, an elvish grace. Flint would have said, Yet the man's body had the thickness and tight muscles of a human, while the facial hair was definitely humankind's. All the dwarf could see of the man's face beneath a green hood was a tanned skin and a brownish red beard. A longbow was slung over his shoulder, and a sword hung at his left side. S-word. He was dressed in soft leather, carefully tooled in the intricate designs of el- designs the elves loved. But no elf in the world of Crin. Could grow a beard. Well, but... Tannis? Said Flint, hesitantly as the man neared. The same. The newcomer beard, newcomer's bearded face split in a wide grin. He held open his arms and before the dwarf could stop him, engulfed Flynn in a hug that lifted him off the ground. The dwarf, cl- the dwarf clasped, clasped his old friend close for a brief instant, then, remembering his dignity, squirmed and freed himself from the half-elf's embrace. Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, Dragons of the Dawn, same, same book. Um, so, walking in two worlds, but truly belonging to neither, half-elves combine what some say are the best qualities of the elf and the human parents. Human curiosity, inventiveness, and ambition tempered with the refined senses, love and nature, and artistic taste in the elves. Some half-elves are among humans, set apart in their emotional and physical differences, watching friends and loved ones age while time barely touches them. Others live with the elves, growing restless as they reach adulthood on the timeless elven realms, while their peers continue to live as children. Many half-elves, unable to fit in either society, choose lives as solitary, wandering, or join with other misfits and outcasts in the adventuring life. So it has a description of of two worlds and diplomats or wanderers. Yeah. So basically, you you first pick your race, which is those ones that we. Went I want to be through. a half elf. Okay, and then we <laughs> need to pick a class. A class is basically your um your vocation in life, like basically what you have kind of been trained and raised to do. So if you take a look, there should be the, the could be either one. a barbarian, I a assume bard. Gonna... <gasps> oh, I'm bar- <laughs> I want to be a bard. <laughs> I assume that was half coming. Half bard. <laughs> A barbarian, a bard, a cleric, a druid, a fighter, a monk, a paladin, a ranger, a rogue, a sorcerer, a warlock, or a wizard. Okay. So I would like you to actually read the description of bard because I think this is where most of our uh, uh, confusion has come from in the the way that we use these words. Okay. (laughs) Okay. A bard. Humming as she traces her fingers over an ancient monument? Why must a bard be a woman? Not in a long more. forgotten what? That's just this story they're telling you. Oh, God! Humming as she traces her fingers over the ancient monument. Well, I just don't want you to to. Nobody puts Bardy in a corner. Yeah, 
I, I think fifth edition is making a. Joey uh, gave like a little like half nod on that. He's like, it's fine. I thought you were going with Barty Girl. <laughs> it was a good enough mm. fun. I am a Barty Girl in a Barty world. That's fair. Yeah. Well, D and D is traditionally a uh, fat, balding male sort of activity, so I think they are, you know, a, a consciously trying to reach out to the more feminine. How dare you, sir? Yeah. I weigh one hundred and sixty-seven pounds. Yeah, I'm almost three hundred. So words. Humming as she traces her fingers over an ancient monument in a long forgotten ruin, a half elf in rugged leathers finds knowledge springing into her mind, conjured forth by the magic of her song. Knowledge of the people who constructed the monument and the mythic saga depicts. A stern human warrior bangs his sword rhythmically against the scale mail. This, yeah. Scale Sorry. mail. It's like chain mail, but made out of scales. I figured. Yep. Uh, setting the tempo for the war chant and ex- exhorting his companions to bravery and heroism. The magic of his song fortifies and emboldens them, laughing as she tunes her cittern. A gnome weaves her subtle magic over the assembled no- nobles, ensuring that her companions' words will be well-received. Whether scholar, scald, or scoundrel, a bard weaves magic through words and music to, as- to inspire allies demoralize foes, manipulate minds, create illusions, and even heal wounds. I want to be a bard. <laughs> it can't be everything. I want to be an elf, half-elf bard. Yeah, that's, those are the two things he gets to choose. I want to be a half-elf bard. Yeah. Okay. You can, you can do that. It was the first you Music and magic, <laughs> learning from experience, creating a bard, and then they have class features, proficiencies, equipment, spellcasting, spells. So they have like uh, descriptions of what the actual class means once you've decided it. Yeah. Um, and then some decisions you can make about like the path that you take and, um, there's, you know, different advancement paths. And as you go from level to level gaining experience, you get to gain new powers and exploit them. Got it. Well, Joey, since you're so religious, I think you're going to be a cleric. Uh, so a cleric. Could also be a paladin. Which one's, which one's more religious? Ooh, uh, probably the cleric. Paladin at least has like a sword and shit, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. so a cleric is more like a religious. So Joey, you're going to be a cleric. I think you're going to be a. You're both going to be healers, just running around healing shit. Oh, a bard's <laughs> a healer. Essentially, yeah. It's. Ugh. I mean, some you know, a bard can be a more. The worst part is I don't. Re- but... So okay. So to clarify, if there were a bunch of people playing this game, mm. I would. I think I'd want to be a bard only yeah. because it's fun, and more importantly, I'm the dungeon track, the dungeon master, so I wouldn't have to fight so much. Mm. Like I, I can be the kind of one who sort of explains everything, and every now and then coming to help. I assumed you would make the best dungeon master. That is uh, right. Well, I oh. think, <laughs> which is fine. But like, in being the dungeon master, also being a half elf bard makes sense for me. Oh no, that's not a thing. So when when you are the dungeon master, you are all of the NPCs. So you are all of the non-player characters. There's PCs, which are player characters and non-player characters. Why can't I be a half? Why can't I be one a character of those? Too? One of those characters, a reoccurring character, can be. But one of the biggest things about being a dungeon master is that it is not about uh, make. It's not about writing a story. It's about stringing that story together or stringing events together to create a story. Right. So it is an open world. So you are not supposed to be a player character. Okay. Okay. Then I don't want to play. I don't want to be a cleric. Why not? What do you want to be? Do you want to read what the other things are? Well, I mean, someone's going to have to do some damage around here. Well, okay. Here are your options then. You can be a barbarian, a fighter, a ranger, a rogue, a sorcerer, a warlock, or a wizard. I didn't read the ones that sounded like they were gay. So like a like a monk, a paladin, or a... A, a cleric. Honestly, I want to be a barbarian. barbarian. Sounds about right. Yeah. Barbarian. 
but let's hear it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of liberating to say non-PC terms. <laughs> I don't like that it is. I wish mm-hmm. it. I wish it pained me more to say them. And I would say skip the flowery on the barbarian. Just go right to the uh, uh, the actual description. As is our want, sir. Yep. As is my want. You're the flowery bastard. No, but I mean, I no, I'm, I'm a storyteller at heart. Yeah. So if there's something that requires no flowery bullshit, then I probably <laughs> wouldn't do it. Primal yeah. instinct. Okay. People of towns and cities take pride in how their civilized ways set them apart from animals, as if denying one's own nature was a mark of superiority. To a barbarian, though, civilization is no virtue, but a sign of weakness. The strong embrace their animal nature. Fuck, sorry. Uh, Keen instincts, primal uh, physicality, and ferocious rage. Barbarians are uncomfortable when hedged in by walls and crowds. They thrive in the wilds of their homelands, the tundra, jungle, or grasslands where their tribes live and hunt. Barbarians come alive in the chaos of combat. They enter a berserk state when rage takes over, giving them superhuman strength and resilience. A barbarian can draw on their reservoir of fury only a few times without resisting, but those few rages are usually sufficient to defeat whatever threats there arise. Uh, Joe, you're not allowed to be a barbarian. Sean, you have to be a barbarian. (laughs) I I assumed I was going to be the uh, dungeon master until you understood things. But you don't have to pick a character that reflects your personality. No, no, that's the idea. Yes, you do. Some people do, some people don't. You can pick a character that is directly you, or you can pick a character that is completely antithetical to yourself. That's the uh, the glory of gaming, sir. No, you have to be someone who you are. Sorry. So who am I? You are an accountant class. <laughs> well, yeah, all right, let's let's close this out with that, and then you can you're allowed to pick whoever you want to be, obviously. Yeah, but uh, go go. You didn't pick a race yet, right? Joey did not pick a way. Right, let's start with race. I like the idea of Joey being an elf. So we have, uh, again, we have a dwarf, elf, halfling, human, dragonborn, mm-hmm. gnome, half-elf, half-orc, treefling. What's a treefling? Tiefling. Tiefling. Tiefling uh, is basically a, uh, a half-demon, uh, half-human. Uh, dragon is a, dragonborn is a half-dragon, half-human. I feel like you'd, be, you'd have a lot of fun as a tiefling. Uh, dragonborn have, is what again? Uh, half-dragon, half-human. A dragon has sex with a human? Uh, no, actually, the yeah, the, Joey, the, you fucking judgmental prick. The the actual <laughs> uh, the lore in the book is that the uh, the there were some dragon eggs that were enchanted and gave forth to these uh, human esque creatures that would uh, guard the layers. They then, have like scales and lizard faces. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's it's kind of like the uh, yeah the the alien lizards that control the world. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. If I had to actually pick what Joey would be. I would, I would almost, okay. So I would say an elf or what he would want to be basically. Like, no, no, pick what I am. It's okay. That is what you are. Like, I'm obviously not a half, a long haired, dancing, leaping gnome. What I, who I actually am. Okay. This is actually more important. Okay. Who I actually am. (laughs) What's a dwarf? Uh, a dwarf is a, um, an old, a long living species that is like a very, um, uh, uh, clan driven and very into tinkering and building things okay, and what's mining. A gnome? Uh, gnomes are short, but, uh, skinny kind of, uh, fun loving Epicureans. Okay. And what's, okay. So I'm a gnome. 
Oh and wait, no, that's more of a halfling. Gnomes are more um, uh, a little bit more in the uh, uh, dwarf range. Um, they're a little bit more mystical though, so they use like more like uh, woodland powers. And what does a rogue do? A uh, rogue is a class that is not a uh, race. A rogue is like a um, kind of like a uh, uh, a lone wolf, a thief, scout, a sort right? of. Uh, it can be used uh-huh. as a scout, but it's more of like it is like the guy that can kind of hide in the shadows and Han Solo. What's a yeah. ranger? Uh, a ranger is usually more of a scout. A ranger is a person yeah. that is more uh, in tune with nature, um, so they're good at like tracking and like they can talk to animals a at a certain level. A paladin is one of those characters. Characters. Uh, it is religious based. Um, they what's a sorcerer? Uh, sorcerer. <laughs> uh, Paladin is a religious based magic user. Sorcerer is a. Um, I think it is a knowledge based mag- magic oh, user. What's a warlock? A warlock is, I believe, a god based ma- or a. I'm sorry, a na- nature, nature god based magic user. And a wizard is like a god based. Okay, so yeah. I, I think my. I think I am actually a gnome sorcerer. <laughs> like who I really am is a gnome sorcerer. I could see that. Who I want to be is like a half elf bard. <laughs> okay. So Joey, in other words, what like who you actually are? You are a human barbarian. Who you want to be is like an elf paladin. <laughs> I Sean think you, Fall, got it, you got it backwards. Yeah, Sean, I think that did sound backwards. Fine, whatever. I want to be a barbarian. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I am. Yeah, I think you are. I wish. Who you want to be. Shawnee. Who am I? What's an orc? An orc? Um, That's like... uh, uh, Why is there only a half orc? There's no like full orc. Because full orcs are like uh, full on like demons. Just like you can't be a dragon. You can only be a half or, you know, dragon born kind of half human half. Oh, I understand. You have to be like a human version of things. Um, That's kind of the one thing about D&D though is the the rules are really just kind of whatever is dictated by your dungeon master. So the the books are more there as a guide as sort of like a jumping off point. But the vast majority of uh, D&D games end up being what is called a homebrew, which it basically just means you can kind of make your own rules. So you use, you know, the things that are already there and try and figure out how to uh, use this rule system to make decisions and to adjudicate things. Joey, were you offended by the phrase adjudicate? No, not until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Shawnee Fall, I guess you're going to be the dungeon master before when we tune over to Politinkering at some point. We will see. Uh, we'll the, figure out how yeah, it goes. The Politinkering experiment will not be strictly D&D. It will be based on just role-playing games in general. Well, um, you're going to guide us, correct? But, uh, yeah, yeah. We will, uh, we will venture into that territory. Any questions about the, uh, the D&D proper, as it were? Uh, Joey, were you more bored and disgusted by this or Ulysses? Do I have to be? I don't want to be bored and disgusted by either. I, I, <laughs> I like this. I'm just, I just. I think I have to play to get into it. Right now, it's kind of all up in the air to me. I have to kind of see how it happens. Hmm. I also, do I have to write a lot of stuff down and keep a lot, track a lot of numbers, or is that your job? Um, I, it is As most. Yeah, no, most of it would be your job. It, it is considered the player's responsibility to understand how the the character runs and operates. Do people so, have like calculators, or are they just kind of write other stuff? Um. Oh, well, see, the thing is like. Like a lot it's of it not just that much of math. It's yeah, like, it's it, you it's, went from like a twenty to a 
12 or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it base, it's low levels, it's simple edition. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, it's not like I do like a thousand point, you know, or 1,323 damage or something. No, I mean, most of that stuff is going to be simple okay. numbers under 100. But, 20 uh, sided die? The, yeah. Um, but the, 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 the thing is, like, there are two kind of ways to play. Some some people play completely based on the character sheet and, and the numbers and the strategy of combat, and some people play more on the esotericness of the the conceptual story. So some D D and D games are very much about the combat and the exploring dungeons and the getting gold and the slaying dragons, while other games are more about like. Mm. You wandering around town and talking to the characters in town and trying to figure out what it is and like taking over a town and becoming like the the ruler and you know things like that. So um, it is just it, it's kind of the idea of like a a Skyrim or one of those you know standard video game RPGs. But the idea is that there is no rail. So like I said, the the books give us an idea, but the point of the dungeon master is to allow you to go anywhere. So ideally, you could ask. The the dungeon master to do anything even though they've placed you in this uh dungeon or at the face of this dungeon and are telling you that the gold's inside go and get it you can decide ah fuck it i'm gonna walk back to town and see what's going on there and then it's kind of up to the dungeon master to to figure out how that story evolves from that point so it is um one of the the biggest uh um pieces of advice that people are i see are giving new dungeon masters is just don't prepare too much the more of the story you know you can have have like an outline you can have some motivation for the main villains and things like that but most of it is an evolution of a story that is told among people can other people join us like in the middle of the campaign yeah Certainly, that cool. is yeah. cameo appearances. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's part of the thing. Like, the dungeon master is in charge of all the non-player characters, but you know, anyone can take charge of just about any character at a time. So it's just about figuring out how to weave them into the narrative. Okay. So you know, we could walk into a bar, and then someone else would all of a sudden be sitting at that bar, and now, bam, they're part of your adventure. And then, you know, I mean, it's it's Got supposed it. okay. to be like a weekly game, sort of, is the idea. So however, in you want to do it, you sort of craft it. Well, Got it. Cool. yeah, and then you know, obviously, people just don't show up so there is a kind of natural narrative break right. that you can kind of come up with for they knock on to... his door and he's just still asleep yeah exactly okay. yeah we we left him home he had to he had to go back to his native land to slay some feather or something i'm having you know, lots of be fun back later i'm having lots of fun in yeah. your imagination yes sir yeah well it's certainly better than reality thank you for listening to another episode of literally Literary. Tune into Politinkering to uh, see how this, this <laughs> all plays out. We'll and remember to follow us at Politinkering on Twitter, rate us on iTunes, go to farcast.com and uh, give us money. Bye. Money, please. <laughs> Thank you. I hate saying that every time. Bye bye.